0: Everyman Podcast.
1: This is awesome. It, you know this what? This is awesome.
0: It is awesome. And I'll tell you what. We're blessed. We're highly favored. We're here together on another beautiful day. hmm Here in the Cosmic Canoe on the Everyman Podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, Big yeah. dog, Daryl Campbell, my brother, my friend. What's up?
1: Oh, man. Just another day, brother. Jay, and every time I hear... Our intro. I just think about how awesome this cosmic canoe is, man. Just every, how awesome it is.
0: Every week, one way or another, connecting to a new person, a new cosmic every man or every woman.
1: Uh, yeah. That are like an unsinkable boat, man. I did some research on that stuff too, man. We're, on, we're on like boats? one of those on unsinkable boats.
0: Tell me, what have you Check learned? It
1: out. Check it out. Check it out. Check There, there, there are certain systems, and I'm not going to go into the weeds with it that exist in different sailboats it's a matter different of boats security. to make them unsinkable. And it's fascinating how much water can occupy said water vehicle, and it still keeps on floating. You got to do a Google dive and get lost like I did. It's pretty sweet.
0: I'll tell you what, quick aside, when we were in San Diego last year, we went to the USS Midway, which is an aircraft carrier that was active, you know, in the uh, 70s through like early 90s, I think, late, late 70s, early 90s. Um, unbelievable how that thing floats mm-hmm. and you walk around that and you get all the way through it and you're like this is a city on a razor thing i don't know how this works ship work is uh quite fascinating
1: to me well that you know aeronautical engineering like all of it you think about a giant tons in weight airplane flying through the air right and then a gigantic ship that's Several tons. It's just buoyant on in open seas. Crazy.
0: I'll tell you. I've recently gotten a little fascinated by watches and all the different uh, functions that watches have served: space travel, aeronautics, sailing, etc., diving, um, and all the different ways of measurement that they were measuring time and distance and speed mm. and velocity with a watch. So the yeah, mechanical wristwatch. Uh pretty pretty crazy. I could do I could do a whole thirty minutes on wristwatch technology and how interesting it is to me. But that's a whole other podcast. And I'll tell you what, today we've got a fantastic interview with the Eric Gillette the from the Neil Morse band.
1: Sharper than the razor.
0: Sharper than the razor. Sharper. More handsome than any of the Gillette ads you've seen. Uh, super talented, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, this guy literally can do it all. Yeah. Songwriter, producer, engineer, guitarist, bassist, keyboard player, vocalist, drummer, composer. Yeah. Now now he's a, he mixes professionally. Hard to find a thing the guy doesn't do when it comes to music.
1: Yep. And Glad he, he has an or with us.
0: Is a so in, Oh yeah, absolutely. Two oars way up. And he's, you know, a member of the Neil Morse Band. Uh, new record, Innocence in Danger, this August 27th. Now, Inside Out Music was, was gracious enough to send Daryl and I an advance copy to check it out. And let me tell you, this is no gas, no cap as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Uh, this record is awesome. It's dense. Awesome. It's super, super proggy. It's not going to be easy to digest in the first listen. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. It's two discs. Two. It's a lot. However, highly recommend you check it out. Pre-orders are available now. Uh, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere music is available and sold. You can pre-order. You can pre-order the vinyl that's that's available on the Neil Morse Band website. And I'll tell you what. Neil Morse Band is coming through uh, our town this fall. Daryl and I are going, we're in there, like footwear, as I like to say. And I'll tell you what, Eric's the man, plain and simple.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: Plain and simple. And, uh, you know, shout out to Inside Out Music for making this happen and and, uh, and Big Roy there holding it down. And, and I'll tell you what, I think with that being said, we got to just get right into it. i Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is multi-instrumentalist and all-around everyman, Eric Gillette. Eric is perhaps best known as part of the Neil Morse Band, who has a new album releasing on August 27th called Innocence and Danger on Inside Out Music. Uh, progressive rock icons, Neil Morse, Mike Portnoy, Randy George. Uh, it's, if you don't know who Neil Morse Band is, uh, checking this podcast out. For the first time, um, you will by the end of it. And uh, we're really excited to have him, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Gillette. Eric, what's up, brother?
2: Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome.
0: This is great, man. And uh, we were just chatting a little bit uh, when we got started here. And I'm apparently uh, coming to you live from a some sort of tornado warning. So here in, yeah. the, in the southeastern Pennsylvania, apparently <laughs> it's, it's Tornado Alley right now. So uh, forgive us if you hear my tornado warning. Um, Eric, first question uh, I always ask you know what's up where are you what's going on brother
2: oh not much i'm here in my studio in uh just outside of tulsa oklahoma which is where i live and uh i just uh been working on uh composing for a sports show today a show called texas six that's on paramount plus this is the second season we were just talking about that a little off camera but uh yeah that's what i've been doing and uh just kind of getting mentally prepared for being a dad for the second time. So, uh, next wow. Friday. Congrats. Our-
1: nice. Congrats, man. Thank you.
2: So, yeah. Hey what girl. Yeah, we have a girl already, so we're having a boy. So, I think that's probably good. Maybe we'll call it there.
1: <laughs> that's the both worlds, man.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats. So, that's Thank next you. week? Uh, next Friday.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Yep. So, uh, by the time this album drops, you'll be uh, playing it for your newborn.
2: Yep. He'll be rocking out, I'm sure.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I I mentioned it at the beginning here. Um, You know, you and I were chatting a little bit. I am what you would call a progressive nerd, okay? Uh, My first, you know, my, my father is a musician. The first band I fell in love with as a young drummer was Yes, and I was obsessed with Yes all throughout middle school. And then I got... Into heavy music, and I found out bands like Slipknot, which I want to talk about later, of course, um, and <laughs> Dream Theater. And then once I found Dream Theater, it was kind of like game over as far as m- the idea of me ever being passionate about what you would consider mainstream or popular music. So yeah. my whole, generally, my whole life as a musician, I've been, you know, the one listening to all the weird stuff with the the keyboards and the crazy singing, mm-hmm. and I just can't get enough of it, you know. <clears throat> And I'm watching, you know, a Neil Bo- Morse band video. And it's like, I think I've seen half these guys at a Dream Theater concert. Like, I feel like I know these people. And uh, what is your relationship to, you know, progressive music? Like, did you grow up a prog fan? I mean, my, my first ass- assumption after watching you play is like, well, how much how much Dream Theater did this kid listen to?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I did it at one point, but really my, my journey was kind of, you know, I started early playing piano at four um i took lessons for a few years and then the rest was just self-taught and then i uh my aunt plays bluegrass music and then just every time we'd come up here in oklahoma she'd uh hand me a different instrument to try and play and jam and so i'd be playing a mandolin or a upright bass or a banjo or whatever so i think that kind of started me early on you know just getting familiar with other instruments and how to play multiple things or at least fake it until you make (laughs) it. And uh, so then I kind of got into, from there I got into rock music and then metal. I was into Metallica for a real long time. Oh yeah. And I just hadn't heard like drink theater or anything. And then one day a friend gave me a a CD with, I think it was, it had some uh, Joe Satriani, some Steve Vai, And uh, I think that was it. And then that led me to attend a G3 concert where John Petrucci was opening with Mike Portnoy on drums, Dave Lura on bass. And they came out playing uh, Jaws of Life. first time I really heard a seven string guitar that I could remember or that I saw in person for sure. And it was heavy and the drummer was hitting himself on the head and throwing sticks and doing all this crazy stuff. And I was like, immediately went home and looked up John Petrucci and found dream theater. And then it was like game over that the way you were describing (laughs) that reminded me a lot of me, how I was, then I was Uber nerd into all of their stuff. And then I would go to their concerts whenever they came through. And, uh, yeah, yeah. that's the short, short version.
0: (laughs) It's funny how many, you know, people I come in contact with at this stage of my life, they kind of have that same like winding path and it's like they, they didn't have a major 10 years of dream theater obsession. They at least passed through, you mm-hmm. know, at one point or another. And you listen to so much of the modern, well, like, first of all, I think progressive music and these like progressive metal bands have kind of crossed over into like a mainstream, uh, in a sense, because, because of the online availability, but like bands it. like Polyphia and Chan. Who are like, I went to, a, we saw, we love Between the Barry and me, Dale and I, big BT BAM fans. We've had them on the pod yeah. and gonna oh, go cool. see them next week. I'm very excited, but um, they they have a totally different audience. And one time, Chan, they was on the tour and it was like all these like young people and like girls, and it was yeah. like, what's going on here, you know? <laughs> and uh, come to find out, they're like super popular. So I think there is. You know, it's a little different now, but...
2: More accessible, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my my immediate question now, when I... And we just had Jason Bittner on the podcast, and, you know, we're all close in age here, and Jason Bittner, when I was, you know, a high school age drummer, like, he was super... Influential for me, and there was a handful of guys. Joey Jordison, who just passed away this week. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody around that age that that was into that was into metal drumming or heavy music was like super influenced by them. And then, like I then like you said, I saw Mike Portnoy, and I'm like, that's the reason why like. I had this insanely huge drum kit, you know, lights. I had like, I was like the <laughs> yeah. first person to have like drum lights on the East coast and like just over the top and just the showmanship. And, yeah. and I remember seeing that for the first time up close. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And like the Budokan DVD and be like, literally that's, I got like 15 years old. I'm like, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be him. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like, you know, knowing that knowing that you have that respect and passion for them, like, I'm watching you play with Neil morse band it's like we'll get to the Neil morse in a second but you're like playing with Mike Portnoy and mm-hmm. you, and you're like sometimes some of the music it sounds it's very dream theater in I don't want to say influence but it's it's mm-hmm. dream theater adjacent yeah what is that like growing up being blown away as a fan obsessed you know to a degree and then like you're playing in a band with him
2: yeah, that's, that's a weird one still. I mean, wh- when I start to feel like it's normal and then, then, you know, I in an interview or something, I get asked about it, then it's like it snaps me back to reality where it's like, wow, that is super crazy. And it did take a little bit, you know, being on stage and just looking back and it's like, there he is. It's like, you, you know, like my drum hero and I get to play in a band with him. He's my friend. It's like, it's just super crazy. Um, I mean, because I was... Like like we were talking about, I was going to the shows. I was in the pit. I was, uh, you know, he one show I went to. I think it was my 18th birthday. It was one of the best shows and best birthdays because it was uh, King's X, Joe Satriani and Dream Theater. And I was in. I won pit tickets through Joe Satriani's forum online, and I caught a John Petrucci guitar pick, a Joe Satriani guitar pick. <laughs> And Mike Portnoy pointed at me at one point and I was like, Okay, I can Dude. just yeah, it was like nice. epic. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's wild. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just surreal, but I definitely don't take it for granted. I mean it's just insane. <laughs> it's that's you know.
0: And by the way, Daryl's first concert was Dream Theater.
2: Oh wow. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> they,
0: they
1: they let they let this giant toddler into the deep end like the first time. So yeah. Wow. My, mind's, my mind's been blown ever since and it's it's been more or less like this journey in the cosmic canoe has been like an intellectual exercise for proud metal and yeah. everything and then mm-hmm. we have you on and it's like you're doing covers and you're playing all the instruments bass guitar keyboard you're singing scoring now it's a, I'm yeah, like, to it's, me to me it blows my mind just because oh yeah. as it relates to to sport like it's like you have certain players that, you know, they're good at one thing, right? And they make Mm -hmm. a whole career for that. And then it'd be like, then the Aaron Donald, like you'd be the Aaron Donald of like the NFL, like he can do every pass rush move and at at the best level, it's, you know, it's better than you've ever seen. So like, to me, like, how do you, how do you parse your.
2: Uh, no worries. I don't know how to mute my
1: overall. There we go. Oh yeah. So like, you know, basically how do you like, how do you parse like your mind and still like hit every instrument and be that great at them all? I mean, is it just time? I feel like there's this, you got a gift obviously, but oh, thank like, you. how does, how does that happen? Cause like, I mean, I was only good at a couple things and that was my career, but like to be somebody like you, where you're just good at all of those instruments,
2: that full body of work just fascinates me. I mean, I would, I guess I would say it's just the time put in. Um, I mean, cause when I was 16 or maybe even younger, I was just, I would just be holed up in my room, just learning stuff, playing stuff for like eight hours a day. Um, and just like having a, I guess a healthy obsession with music in general. And then also on top of that being maybe to a fault, a perfectionist just overall in life, not just even musically. I'm trying to get better about that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just have always had, no matter what the instrument is, I've always just had the urge to try to be the best I could at it, the best I could possibly be at it. And also I love learning all, everything, not just, but specifically in music. So if there's something I don't know how to do, I'm pretty quick to try and figure it out. Or again, like I said before, at least learn enough of it where I can kind of fake my way through. Like for instance, I'm not really a jazz guy. I love jazz. It's not a strength of mine, but I know a few things here and there that can make it a few licks where maybe it seems like I know a little bit about jazz, but probably I'm really just faking it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot of the time, the hours put in, I, I think, and uh just being obsessed with music in general. It's cool you said learning,
1: and we have a saying in NFL films: we say "lead with learning and curiosity," and yep. it'll pretty much take you everywhere you know you want to be as a producer. I mean, is are you still curious about things? Are there like instruments oh, that yeah. you wish, like ah, man, I wish I could play that.
2: When yeah. I have some
1: time, I'm going to learn it, you know what I
2: mean? Yeah, violin is one, and I, I have one, but it's it's very difficult, and it's unforgiving, and you have to be so precise because the fretboard is so small. There's no frets. I don't know why I said fretboard because I'm a guitar player, I guess. But, uh, um, yeah, you have to be right on it, and uh, when I have time, that's something I really want to try to get better at. I know that takes a really long time, though, but I know enough – That i can kind of do some very simple things that which when i'm scoring comes in handy because i can just create textures and stuff with it but um yeah and the cool thing about these days as opposed to when i was growing up like youtube and everything it's just like if you're curious like you can know in five minutes as opposed to i had to if it was music oriented i had to either like go to the store and like find a vhs of you know for instance john petrucci's rock discipline and yeah which is those are awesome and i did learn a lot from those things but and in fact one of the things i learned a lot from musically in general which is weird because it's a drum instructional dvd but was mike's uh his hudson music one man i watched that thing i don't know how many times you're talking about like the three disc one yeah. Yeah. And where he broke down <laughs> counting odd meters
0: and yeah. stuff like that. I watched that like a thousand times. <laughs> yeah.
2: To me that opened my mental doors to like, yeah, to that sort of thing. Cause before that I just, it just, things sounded complex. Maybe I didn't know how to count it and he's just literally breaking it down. And so not just drumming that, that DVD opened a lot for me, but yeah, I'm just, I was, I guess I say that to just say these days it's, crazy how much you have at your fingertips to just like figure it out. You can do it in five minutes or so.
1: I got one more question and then, um, you know, I'll let brother Jay get back to it. I'm just geeking out real quick right now. Um, We all, we also have this saying called the more that you can do in production, Mm -hmm. you know, it it makes for a better, you know, full from end to end, you know, um, Mm -hmm. process. Um, Do you feel, you find it's like that in music too? Like the more instruments that you learn, the more, you know, musicality comes about, the sorry, the more curated you can be?
2: Yeah. um, I do think that, and I think it's, I get more inspired because if I'm trying something on guitar and I'm not feeling it, I'll just come over here to this synth or something and find inspiration there that might lead me back to a guitar thing, as opposed to if I just play guitar, I probably would hit the wall and be like, I got nothing. So it's nice to have all the, things and if I want to jump over to the real piano and have that spark something um, I think it really does help and lead to more inspiration but then on the note of doing multiple things and in production that just made me think of I'm also doing the post mix for the show and I also do mixing as you can see here I I mix albums and mixing post mixing is way different but it's it's also very enjoyable and I'm doing a lot of the um, sound effects work and so really sound design and I mean also I think that's it's kind of a job security thing if you can offer more um, and kind of do it all in one spot you know I think it makes you valuable than hiring you know five or six different people so uh, yeah I don't know and, and I always tell people these days if you want to make a living in music you kind of have to do more than just one thing Oh yeah, just the nature yeah. of the business if there <laughs> is one these days um, I, would, I just say diversify you know learn multiple instruments learn how to record learn post-production and learn video editing i mean it all those things have come in handy for me because like even with my cover videos i mean i film it all i edit it all it gets pretty confusing when you have multiple angles and instruments and it's it's a lot to keep track of so
0: you know just, watching like I struggled with just making drum videos, you know, and like watching <laughs> you do that, is like, holy shit. And, and Daryl knows, you know, we we were talking about it today. I sent him when he's like, so what, he plays everything. And I'm like, yeah, he's doing the whole <laughs> damn thing, you know? And then like editing and, and engineering it and mixing it. Like it's, it's yeah. really, uh, it's incredible. And and if, if you're listening to the audio version only of this podcast, I'm going to put some of Eric's YouTube links. Highly recommend uh, checking that out. And if and also if you're watching this on YouTube, the links will be in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you. The uh, the covers are are crazy, and you have a wide, you know, uh, variety of of styles. You know, you're doing Itsy mm-hmm. Bitsy Spider on one, and then you know, Metallica <laughs> on the next, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and and I wanted to just say, you brought up the Mike Portnoy DVD when we were talking to Jason Bittner last week. Um, I was telling him how, like, that DVD and this Modern Drummer 04 Jason Bittner DVD, like, changed my life because it, like, it it put, like you're saying, it, it like, educated me outside of the box that I was able to get at the time because I'm of that age where I, I had the internet as a kid, but the internet was not what it is now by any means. Right, And, like, I had to order that DVD from Sam Ash and come calling every fucking Friday, like, hey, did That's you get weird. my Mike Portnoy in the cab? <laughs> no, I still didn't get it, you know? And then yeah. finally, one day, I hit a call, and they got it. And I'm like, dad, we got to go to Sam Ash. <laughs> and I got that thing, and I, like, sat behind my drums and had my big old TV to- turned and just nice. was like, that was, like, my summer, you know? Yeah. And, and now, it's like, I can just, like, I'm, like, on my couch, like, a, like looking like a sea otter on its back, like, with my phone. And, yeah. yeah, just like, oh, Eric Gillette. You know, it's, like, it's like right there. It's incredible. And, and you think about, you know, we were talking about, I don't know if you remember the website, like, drummerworld.com. And it was, like, little embedded videos. And whereas now, like, if you want to learn a technique, whether it's, like, video editing or sweep picking, like, there's... Mm-hmm unbelievable untold amounts you can't even watch them all of high quality easily accessible and, and professionally done videos
2: yeah on anything
0: it, with music it's amazing it
2: really is yeah it's crazy it's a course for any for anything which is cool but also i found myself because i have like i said i have i like to learn and it's like everything for some reason i just like But I think that can now. There's every option available, so it's kind of like it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, so now you don't. pick So you might not learn anything because you can't pick one.
0: Like I find uh, myself like watching five different videos (laughs) on how to caulk a a tub, you know,
2: and just trying to get like. That's (laughs) another thing is like being a homeowner is like. Oh yeah. What would I? Oh my gosh! I've been calling my dad every five minutes. Dude, I
0: asked my mom. I said, "How the fuck? How did you do this? How did you do this without YouTube?" She's like, you just went to the hardware store and you asked and you yep. did terrible at it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, you know, being a homeowner, I don't know what I would do without you two. Two
1: different. words, carpenter bees. <laughs> <Ugh>.
0: <laughs> yeah, you need like a flamethrower or something for that, This <laughs> is
1: <That's> ridiculous.
0: <laughs> now, what are you, like, you talked about time management and like spending time on it and, you know, there's a lot of musicians that listen to this podcast, a lot of people that are making content of their own um how do you manage balancing practicing your your piano skills your bass skills your drum skills um you know keeping your vocal chops up like how do you balance all that
2: uh first i would start with a piece of advice and be like if you're if you're younger like do it now mm-hmm. because once you start and i'm lucky to be able to do this professionally is it's that like, I don't really have time to really practice like I would back in the day. Most of my, I don't know how to describe it. Like I'm practicing while I'm doing it. Like for instance, like when I'm recording on our new album, I'm like, I'm trying to push myself to do new things while I'm in the process of recording it. So it's not like I don't take a week and like, Hey, I'm going to practice for a week and then record. It's just like, I don't have time to do that. You know, I have someone, you know, I'm mixing an album for, I, you gotta like juggle lots of things. And I don't have time to sit around and just try to practice bass and get real good at bass. So a cool thing with these covers is that the, the making of the cover itself has kind of become, that's, that's the practice is like, you know, before I record it, I have to quickly learn the part the best I can to try and match, you know, most of the time I'm trying to, pay homage to the actual song because i you know i don't want to change too too much unless it's like itsy bitsy spider and that's the whole point of it it's like you know i'm trying to and i see some people that are like why just do a note for note and it's not always note for note uh i try to always throw in a little of my flair but it's like why do a note for note or it's just like because i read i love these are songs i love like yeah. through, through the never by metallica i'm not gonna go like, it's pretty good and, as it is like, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hang on, Hetfield.
0: Let me, let me, <laughs> I think you maybe, I think yeah. maybe if you did it like this, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little. So yeah. It's like, that's why, because I want to. You're paying homage. I want to, and that's why.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and the other thing is you just can't keep everyone happy, as, uh, right, as we've yeah. learned. You know, there's always going to be detractors, but um I'll tell you what. uh I'm watching <clears throat> you play and do all these things. And and hearing you talk about it reminds me kind of how I approached it because, you know, I took drumming very seriously and I was taking lessons and, and wanted to pursue, you know, do the whole, I was to the point where I was like, I'm going to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a band. Then I'm going to quit Berkeley. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had, I had the whole thing figured out. I had the whole Dream Theater thing worked out. Yep. And uh, I meet your band there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's where my guitar player is. And... Uh, <laughs> But I learned kind of how to play my My dad, you know, was was a pastor and doing music in the church. And he was like, all of a sudden he needed a bass player. And I was like, I played a little guitar and I was like, all right, I guess I'll figure out, i got a bass. I'll figure out how to do this. And I learned by like, I love Rage Against Machine. And I was like, you know what? That's probably a good place to t- try and figure this out. And, uh, you know, you buy the books and same thing with, with guitar. Then it turned into like, you know, Metallica and System of a Down and like that is how I was able to get a little bit of that building block. And you're talking Mm -hmm. about being able to do a lot of things. And from a band perspective, having just a base knowledge of the other components of the band allows you to communicate more effectively, you know, and get to, get to the conclusion. Like if you can speak their language and then translate what they want, it makes you more valuable. Like that was like when I was playing as like for, as a drummer for other people, as like a hired guy, it mm-hmm. benefited me that I could speak a guitar player's language, even though oh, yeah. I couldn't really play what he was playing.
2: Yeah. And the same goes for me is music theory is great to know, but I think it's, for me, it it has proven itself to be more effective as a language tool to be able to say someone to, you know, like, Oh, that, that Lydian part, you know, or the, you know, the, or explain a chord and just to be able to communicate in real time. And like, I think that's kind of priceless to have even if it's just a basic kind of knowledge of, of, of all that, I don't think, you know, I went to a small community college and majored in recording engineering and music. And, um, there was people there that could like sight read circles around me, but like when it comes to like a solo section, it's like, it's not on the paper. So kind of get lost. So I think at that point it's more valuable to have a really good ear and be able to improvise. But uh, yeah, again, I just think um, knowing other instruments and knowing some theory is a great way to, to be able to talk to your, your band, or if you're, you know, filling in or or subbing a gig or something, it it makes you that much more valuable, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And I'll tell you what, man,
0: <clears throat> but obviously you're you're excellent at, at everything you do but and your guitar playing speaks for itself but i think my favorite tool of yours i think your your vocals are, are awesome oh, and thank you. and you're singing yeah. like especially cuz i hadn't really watched neil morse band perform with my eyes i had mm-hmm. only just listened to the records and uh as i was listening to you know shout out to inside out they generously provided us a, a review copy of the new record okay. which is uh i don't want to say too much it's fantastic thank you man uh, there's some crazy shit going on on that second disc i want to talk about but oh, yeah yeah um danger <laughs> very dangerous <laughs> highly dangerous um yeah. I didn't realize how much of the vocals in Neil Morse band that you were doing and how much of a lead vocalist you are. And then I'm watching you do your harmonies. And I I, I was like joking around with my fiance. I was like, God, this guy, you know, like he's fucking, he's great at everything. He's like, you know, like, this is crazy. Um, Are you, are you thinking like, are you, is that something you want to pursue spending more time as like a vocal frontman? Do you, do you consider yourself a singer?
2: Uh, I do, um, you know, I have, I have two solo albums where I, I in the lead singer and it's, I do enjoy it and I, I'm loving doing these covers, trying to like, you know, pay, like I said, pay homage to these, but still, you know, it's still my voice. I can not only morph it so much. Um, so that's cool. But I, yeah, I mean, I think I came to sing, I always sang, but I think as far as being a lead singer. I came to that kind of later in life in my late twenties, kind of, or at least got more comfortable with it. It's a confidence and, thing for uh, sure. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And yeah. and finding your voice and exploring it and finding what it can do and what, where, where your limits are. And then, and then what is a continually a continual learning process is like when you're touring is a whole different thing. It's like, you listen to these long our long albums that we go play or at least our last two tours we played our concept album start to finish like two and a half hour show plus an encore nice and it's like finding the stamina in your voice to not blow it out you know sometimes we have seven shows in a row which is brutal um and me and bill our keyboard player always use the analogy of like you start each show with a certain amount of gas in your tank and it's like you pick your moments like this high note here i know that's going to that's probably gonna deplete me 15%. Um, and you find places like maybe on some harmonies where you're just singing Oz or something where you can be falsetto voice and save it. Um, so that's a whole nother thing that I've had to learn because you you get excited, you know, probably a lot like sports where you could go out and blow blow a knee or something if you just kind of go for it too hard or mm-hmm. the thing with the voice you get excited and you know, by the third song, you're like, I your voice is cracking and um, so that's been a whole nother thing, but yeah, I mean, I, I do consider myself a, a vocalist. I love doing it and it's still, I feel like I'm still discovering, you know, what I can do, what my strengths are and, um, how to do it, uh, more efficiently. I've never really had any formal vocal training, so it's just kind of all been, a lot of it's been, um, like with these covers where I'm just listening and singing along or or trying to figure out how you know like trying to sing like a chris cornell song is like how does he do that like just the tone and and hitting notes and and like vocal compression like where you're been experimenting with that the last couple years someone like devin townsend is like Mm. i'm
0: glad you you brought him up (laughs) Like
2: you hear him do something the first time i i was just like is there blood coming out of his voice like he's it's incredible but he can do it It's just a certain way you can do it without destroying your vocal cords, and that fascinates me. And I'm still kind of going down that rabbit hole.
0: He's a tier one special human, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. He might
2: not even be a human, right? (laughs) Like, if somebody told me,
0: like, actually, he's not a human, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not surprised. Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I again, like, you know, I'm a big prog guy, and you know, uh, I've been. Falling around bands like Between the Barry and Me For years before I knew him And I would see some opening bands And I remember the first time I saw Devin Townsend You know Or heard about him It was like 2006 He was just coming back to the music scene And mm-hmm. doing DTP And I saw him like this big dude With this weird look Super pale And like a' weird suit <laughs> And then he like I'm like this is gonna be whack You know yeah. And then he proceeded to blow my mind And it's yeah. like not only like i i've i can't think of anybody else off the top of my head that i've seen like sing the way he sings and also play guitar like some of the lead parts like the arpeggiated mm-hmm. solos he's playing like there's a song numbered i'm sure you know it. and he's like doing this crazy seven-string arpeggio sweep while singing yeah. like a tenor part and you're like <clears throat> and then he does it live and it happens for real and it's like man this guy must be exhausted after a performance like i don't know I don't know how he does that.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah, like I said, I think there's, I mean, there's some things people do that are just like, maybe I'm sure he could break it down for you, but like some people just do it and they don't know exactly what they're doing, but there's certain things you can do with your voice. I think maybe not every human's capable of it. I don't, I don't know, but I feel like uh, he's got
0: like extra long vocal cords. Yeah, or something he's got, like this. He's got
2: another pair back there or something. Right,
0: right. There's, he's got, there's gotta be some physical thing going on there. It's yeah. he's. And then when you see him, you know, live, he's like given everything he's got. Every time I've seen, I've seen them probably a dozen times. It's like mm-hmm. everything he's got. And one, one of these days, so he will be here on the cosmic canoe with us. I'm sure we'll make it happen oh, cool. one way or another. But, um, so Neil Morse band. Now, how did you find yourself uh, playing with Neil and, you know, taking on this, this role is not just, you know, you're like, uh, like I said, almost like a co-vocalist, you know, yeah. uh, in a lot of music. How how did all this happen?
2: Um, well, long story short would, would be, uh, well, I'll just start with saying, um, you know, through Mike is how I kind of discovered Neil back, um, I forget what year it would have been, but I got his, uh, I, th- I think I found out about it on Mike's forum and he said he was promoting the testimony DPD from Neil. And I was like, Oh, I'll check it out. I think there was a clip and I was like, Oh, that looks cool. I'll get it. And I think I asked for it for Christmas and I was like, Oh wow, this is cool. And, um, you know, at that point I was more into the, I guess, progressive metal of like dream theater. And Neil has a lot more of the kind of a classic prog, you know, woven in there. And I thought that was neat. I hadn't really, gone down that classic Prague, uh, trail. And, uh, and so I was familiar with them and then years went by and I, I don't know what made me check, but I like, it was one of those deals where I was like, Oh, I remember I was like, Oh, that Neil Morris guy. What, what's he up to? And I like looked him up on Twitter and like the most recent post was like holding open auditions for my touring solo band. And I was like, I'll check the date. And it was like within the week I was like, and instantly, without even thinking, I was like, I'm doing that. And so I downloaded the songs and learned them and did my video and to make me, I guess to kind of stand out, I did one on keyboards and one on guitar. Um, And then I got called to Nashville to do a in-person audition and got the gig and toured with him and his kind of in his solo uh, group that he put together for a while and also along with that came, uh, Bill Hubauer, who was the keyboardist in new Morse band. And so after touring for a while and just kind of getting to know everybody and everyone was meshing and we, you know, just meshed well on stage as well as personally. And we just decided like, what if we made this like a band, the new Morse band, and wrote, like, let's get together at his studio and like, let's just get in a room and write like old school, how people used to do it and, uh, That's what we did and the grand experiment that's the first album we did and uh the rest is history and yeah just along the way you know i kind of i think we all did find like where we your little piece of the pie in the band like where where your your strengths are and and the sharing of the vocals was a a cool thing that i think uh even from the get-go was kind of unique to our band i mean there's other there's lots of bands that have lots of vocalists but um, you know, Bill sings a lot of lead on parts two, and then we have our three and sometimes four-part harmonies going along when we get Mike singing back there, and it's just really cool. And um, yeah, it's quite the story on how it came to be. But I mean, I guess with most things these days, it's thanks to the internet. I guess I gotta say.
0: <laughs> that's that's wow. amazing, man. That's like that's the cosmic right there. That's uh, it's, funny. it's like yeah, I'll do that you know, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, having, having the confidence in yourself to try and put yourself out there, you know, when it's, it can seem intimidating. And, you know, I, I can attest that, that this, uh, the music industry, it's mm-hmm. a lot smaller than I think people realize from the outside. And yeah. especially when you're younger and you're coming up, it, it seems like it's one thing. And then you start, you get out to NAM and you st- if you can and it's a good place to start networking and meeting people and and finding out what's going on and what kind of opportunities there are. And putting yourself in those kinda of environments, it's like everybody knows yeah, five yeah. people that it's like you know what I mean? Um, and that's, you know, so many musicians we've had on the show, you know, Daryl, we've it's being a good a cool dude or a girl and having a good time treating people right and being prepared you know like if you there's 10 and 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 this is not a shot at you and you would agree i'm sure like there are tons of talented guitar players on youtube
2: that oh this and i always kind of say that and you know like just kids that can play right faster, faster than me and it's like so like i always try to just whatever your instrument is like try to make it your own, or at least have a sound or develop something that's you because I don't have a super big interest in just like being the fastest player. Like I'd, I'd rather play a soulful soaring, like melody that, you know, gives you goosebumps or something like I'm more interested in that sort of stuff. And of course I do a lot of fast stuff. It's like a lot of, you know, the people I listen to and that are kind of ingrained in me did that. And. I enjoy that, but I just think, you know, that's a good point that there's just, there's so much talent out there. And again, with the internet, it's like just, you could just reach out to someone in a comment and they could respond and you could connect with somebody. It's crazy right. these days. And uh, yeah.
0: And it could be, it could be anyone, but the things that separate you, you know, are, are how you interact and yeah, what kind exactly. of quality character you are.
2: And I always say, you know, when you go on tour, like if you're, if you're looking for a touring group or a band you are go on tour with like you're just hanging out far more than you are playing. You play music two hours and then you're together the other hours of the day. It's like, you got to be a good hang or no one's going to want to have you around,
0: (laughs) right? You're traveling
2: Uh, to wait. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hurry up and wait. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And you know, it's always different personalities and just things are going to, you know, you just got to learn how to mesh and be just go with the flow and be cool. I mean, that's how I am in in the New Morse band and anything I really do. I try to just be laid back and go with the flow because it'll it'll all work out. I, I want to just just
1: rewind just a little bit here. That one thing you mentioned about seeing that you know opportunity and taking it to to be a, be a part of an MB and it's it's something I want to p- point out to a lot of young people that don't understand this, but a lot of young individuals have you know a hard time with that confidence piece that being creative in the midst of you know an opportunity like that i see it all the time in the production industry and you know i don't know if you can speak to that but the fact that you not only just did your video, but you did it in two different ways to make yourself stand out. To me, I would equate that to like, almost like the opportunity to shoot out a cover letter or something. To me, that's your opportunity to be creative, to be you, to give an employer something more than what they would just naturally see that's regurgitated off of Wikipedia or online. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, how, how important is that creativity piece when it comes to landing an an extra opportunity?
2: I think it's, Crucial. Um, I mean, there's like, I just go back to what he was saying there's so many great players and I know that, and it's like, you know, there's a ton of players that could play this stuff. So I don't, it seemed like for me, it was kind of a subconscious decision. I think I was driving, listening to the song and I just remember liking the keyboard parts and I just thought I'll do it on keyboard. Like, and then I just made the decision. And then it was after that. I kind of thought, oh, that'll help me kind of stand out maybe. Um, and I'm glad I did. And I think that all goes back to all the hours and stuff I put in honing my craft on, on, you know, when I was younger and, uh, that obviously helps have the confidence, but I'll also say I kind of just blindly made the commitment to myself because I knew, I mean, you don't get that opportunity all the time. I mean. Um, someone like Neil, or I'm trying to equate it to anyone else. And like, it'd be like Devin Townsend being like, "Hey, open auditions, send your videos." Like that's <laughs> what I equated to And It's like you just gotta. I'm doing it, even though in my head I'm like, "Can I do it?" Like, <laughs> there's still that little thing, but you just gotta tell it to shut up and have the the courage to know you can if you just take your time and like focus. And um, I mean, it's not something you're gonna it's a 12 minute song. I think it's like, you're not going to just instantly know it. it's going to take, you got to put your time in and be patient and it's a little bit dense. Yeah. A little dense, but also then there's the whole deadline thing. Cause I don't remember what, how far out it was, but I've, I've learned in my age now and that what I'm doing, like I work pretty well with a deadline. I almost need one or otherwise I'm just going to like chill too long. And there's not that sense of urgency. Like with the television show with Paramount, it's like we have deadlines and it's like, there's an air date. Like if I'm not ready, it's like, it's all on me. Everyone's going to be looking mm-hmm. at me. Why is it not ready? So same thing with an album release date. And, you know, uh, you got the record is going to be asking where's the masters and we got to deliver to the, um, to rich, to our mixing engineer to mix, he needs enough time to mix it, to have it delivered. So it's like all these things, i think are positive things um it just pushes you but within that pressure like when you're recording an album it's like you don't want to just you know pipe it out real quick just whatever you still want to do your your best in that time you have um i don't know i feel like maybe it just takes a lot of that maybe you need to do it repetition but uh for me i i tend to do pretty well with with the hard deadline and uh yeah, I don't know, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but
1: No, no, I'm the same no, way. No tangent, no tangent. It's just uh I just think that's important for young people to hear, you know, yeah. someone like yourself who and you know, if you have fans, people who look up to you online everywhere. Everybody's watching. You know this. Yeah. Um but if a young person who's in the you know, music you know, they are musically want to be inclined and they hear that you are to me, you know, an an unbelievable Just person human being period say that you know what even i think like you know sometimes you got an audition like can i do it and you can play like any freaking you know i mean like that that to me like
2: that it's all the time i mean that doesn't go away i don't i think if anyone ever told you they never have doubt about their abilities on something i mean there might be a few in the world but i think most of that's crap if i'm being honest um yeah for i'll use an example when My drum hero, Mike reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to play all John Petrucci's parts on my shattered fortress tour? I just wrote back an email. I hadn't even, I mean, I thought my first thought was yes. And I wrote yes, of course, and fired the email and I was already committed because if I had stopped and been like just the glass prison arpeggios alone, I would have been like, I can't do this. Like (laughs) I probably would have come up with some excuse. So I think I knew in my head, like just send it off. Like, of course you're going to do that. Like, well that's crazy opportunity as well. It's like, you just commit, even though you aren't sure you can do it, but you feel like maybe somewhere deep inside you can, I don't know. That doesn't, it's kind of, there's a conflicting thing there, but I found sometimes when I commit myself to something that's, I feel like is outside of my wheelhouse, I mean that's how you get better. If I yeah. didn't did that, I wouldn't be any better. If I didn't listen to my old recordings and cringe a little bit, I then I there would have been no growth. So I, I've learned to like the cringing a little bit because it's that means I must have gone past that line a little bit. At least I hope. Yeah, I
0: would think that challenging yourself uh, with something like uh, covering John Petrucci note for note. To a mm. rabid pack of Dream Theater fans, like imagine the <laughs> level of Dream Theater fan that's going to see the Shattered Fortress, you know, live on a cruise ship. Um, that was
2: the cruise ship tour. Toward- that was the first show we did, and yeah, and then we we did a European run after that, and some some other South America and Mexico. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because not only is it tough to do, that's the tremendous amount of pressure. I mean, again, I'm not gonna. Oh, hey, John, I think you should have done this on this <laughs> solo. Like, no, I'm going to play the part right. There's no need to, yeah, possible.
0: There's no need to push it, you know? No, like, yeah, this
2: is not a time for, for me to like put my stamp on something. Like, no, I'm I'm trying to honor that part to these parts that I grew up driving around in my car, like,
0: obsessed. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I used to have a rule that I didn't get out of the car if uh, it was in the middle of a John Petrucci solo. I just let, yeah. I have to let it. Play all the way I out. thought you were
2: gonna say a whole song. I was like, oh
0: boy. <laughs> no, you just can't interrupt the solo. You gotta let it yeah. you gotta let it ride. Um yeah, and, and and I'll tell you what, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about Neil Morse and and this new record. So again, two discs mm-hmm. available August twenty seventh everywhere music is sold. Yeah. And uh I'm not going to get into the I don't even know what I'm allowed to say. I'm just going to say how much I enjoyed it. And I'll oh, speak in, in general terms here. But there's yeah. a track on the second disc um, that about, it's quite long. It's a healthy yeah. length. Yeah. And, and about halfway through it, there's about two minutes, 45 seconds of like, I told Daryl, I said, this might be the best shit I've heard in about a year. I mean, for oh, wow. real. Thank you. I <laughs> know that's a weird way to put it, but um, when when you say, you know, soaring guitar solos and just yeah, it's fast and but it's soulful, mm-hmm. um, that like blew me away. And uh I had to rewind it a few times and really just really absorb it. And um again, you know, as a as a student of the Dream Theater tree and my mm-hmm. immediate reaction is like, Wow, he loves John Petrucci too, you know? Yeah, and like I hear the influence there, but I also hear, like you're saying, your own you have your own feel that's that's unique to yours and there's there's a more i don't want to say bluesy but there's like i can tell there's a like a soul a soul there and, and you were mm-hmm. we were talking before about you know bluegrass and now it's it's mm-hmm. making sense why there's that kind of country feeling that i get in there that's a little different than mm-hmm. the typical uh berkeley northeast yeah. shredder influence guitarists that are that are out there they're also great oh yeah um and that's like again watching your covers you can see that you're, you're doing uh Keith Urban and you're doing you know Journey and and I want to talk about that that Journey thing for a second I to make a quick side huh? route here that's Separate Ways cover Separate Ways is like is my favorite without a doubt favorite Journey song and yeah. I've always thought that song was Stupid heavy. And my friends were like, dude, this isn't heavy. I'm like, no, listen to the guitar. That bow, 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 it's like so heavy. And then hearing how, you know, you mentioned, yeah, it's note for note, but you put your own flair on it. And I heard how you kind of chugged it up a little bit. Uh, I was like, see, he gets it. He knows how heavy this song is.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw the, I think they uh live in Manila. I think. Yeah,
0: I know exactly I what you're talking like, about. It's like, man,
2: this is slamming. Like, and Neil Sean. To do it. Oh, yeah.
0: Insane. Yeah, play. I saw that in his, because he's an Axe FX guy, oh, and yeah, his oh. tone, I remember seeing that video on, like, Darren, you remember, like, Axis TV? I don't think it's still on there, but, like, they would play, like, soccer matches, uh, yeah, <laughs> Japanese yeah. wrestling, yeah, and then, yeah. like, concerts. It was awesome. I am trying to <laughs> forget where I saw it, but that, that's,
2: that's for sure where yeah, it was.
0: For me, that's, those are, like, two of my big three right there, so, oh,
1: yeah.
0: uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was always on Axis, and I would just have it on in the background, and that Journey concert came on, the Live in Manila, and I was like...
2: Jeez, Neil Sean, your tone is bananas. Also on that on that concert, if did you see uh, Dean Castronovo singing Mother Father? Oh yeah. Oof, I like getting chills right now thinking about it. that dude can sing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Insane. yeah, that's
0: that's uh those and are drum. legends, pros. Yeah. But anyway, seeing you seeing you kinda dance in that pool a little bit, um, I, I get where your where your inspiration <laughs> comes from as a player. Mm. But uh yeah, this um this record's it's crazy. What'd you think Thank of it, Daryl?
1: Um, I think in the words of Gwen Stefani's song, or I should say one word, it's B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That's pretty much what it is in a word. It's crazy. <laughs> I'll take that.
0: And it's like uh if you're a dream theater fan and you're listening to this podcast because you're you're here because You've listened to the, the Mike Mangini pods or the, the Petrucci pods and you're like, you know, I, I've never been interested in Neil Morse. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it's like this reminded me of Octavarium, which is my favorite oh, it's my yeah. favorite dream Theater album. Th- this reminded me a lot of, of not only that song, but the whole album, you know. Um so if you're into that, check it out. Uh so there's like you said, there's that Prague, classic Prague, you know, mm-hmm. Kansas Yes. Yeah. The theatrics of maybe Genesis a little bit in there, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. Um, by the way, I love the headset mic. I think that's a super practical thing. That, oh, it is very practical. And like he's owning it, and he's he's like bringing it back. And I hope that other multi instrumentalists follow Neil Morse's lead and yeah. return to the headset mic. I think it's like if I, feel, I was I mean, it, if I was would, doing it, that's what I would be doing.
2: It's purely, I think it was purely for his just to have freedom to roam and to like, sometimes on our concept albums, we were performing, he would have to sing a part while picking up a guitar after playing a keyboard line.
0: Right. You can't do that. With like a, You can't do that. With yeah. You need freedom. Album. Yeah.
2: So, and then also when he can go out to the front and walk around and like really perform, which is those right. albums really lent themselves to the theatrics. So I think it worked perfect for that. And now he's just kind of like, it's like, to it yeah
0: it's over the top in the best way like it's oh, yeah. it's entertaining and it's like and you're like wow that makes a lot of sense so that's yeah. just a, a weird observation i had yeah. but um yeah the, it's also got and i think it's kind of you and and portnoy there uh it's got some of that heavy mm-hmm. influence that's in there a little bit of the chug chug um yeah. not as much as like what you'd hear in bt bam or dream theater mm-hmm. but it's there uh, so if you're into the prog metal end of it or you're just into the prog end of it, um, I don't know how anybody could not enjoy that record.
2: Well thanks for the plug. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's 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 next level. And I was looking at the tour dates and I was like, Oh, not they gotta be coming to Philly and I'm like, ah, it's right it's the week of my wedding.
2: Hmm. Oh, no. um, I'll
0: <laughs> have to try and sneak out. If I can get if I can get permission, I think I, I think I'll be there.
2: Holler at me if you if
0: you do, I, I be will. Awesome. I will absolutely. Sure, are we at the Keswick? I think. Yeah, Keswick. Yep. Oh, cool. Yep. Right. It's cool. right down the street. Yeah. It's like uh, I think it's the 19th, and and our wedding's a couple of days after. So I yeah. think I might be able to swing it.
2: Just get a lot of stuff done before. Right.
0: Right. You know? Everything <laughs> will be packed up. I, I got to go uh, hang out with the with the boys. That's Man. a you know another thing um, that I've grown up to, uh, in my older age find hilarious, is I'm watching the the Neil Morse Band live 2019 tour, whatever it is. And I'm like, ah, let's play Find the Lady in the audience. Not a whole lot of ladies in here. <laughs> and then you see the occasional wife, like, so there was one lady in the one video, she was just like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> we,
2: get, we get some guys that do that, too. Just right in front of you while you're playing your heart out, playing a solo, and it's just like... <laughs> yeah, they're giving you nothing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
0: What's it like, what's it like kind of having that sometimes people end up at your show that really don't want to be there
2: well you
0: know well, what i mean like, and i mean this yeah, in the yeah, most no, respectful I, way I know Exactly
2: what you mean and it happens in mean i'm sure it happens in other styles to uh you know like a husband being drugged to a musical or something maybe i don't know been there. first thing i thought of he's he's not in yet <laughs> uh, i've liked there's been some musicals i like but there's some that i like mm. um so i get it but as a performer it, it can take you out of it if you let it so it's like I don't know. Just if, if you see it, you just gotta don't stare in the eyes. Yeah, look at, <laughs> yeah. at the yeah, don't look at in the just eyes. Just look I would just eyes. look right into their soul. Just like, on that soul. note, there. I don't know. Wasn't the last tour? It was the tour before? And I don't know how many shows it happened, but right in front of me, maybe four or five shows, a person fell asleep. <laughs> wow. A different person in multiple cities, and always in front of me when I'm like starting to get a little complex here and so mike and me had kind of a running joke of if if he spotted it or i spotted it it'd just be like you kidding me again so that's incredible crazy because you I might have a health problem if you can sleep at a concert like yeah. that you know what i mean, mean yeah especially even with, even with earplugs i mean like art that's we have some loud moments i mean there's oh, times yeah. where we've been told our sound guy should probably keep it down a little but i'm like i can't how do you sleep through that but uh, yeah okay. those things can be distractions but, um, I don't know, you try to look past it, but sometimes it's just funny.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, the Prague audience is always a, a variety. And I've always, yeah, for sure. I liken it to, you know, obviously, as you can see behind me, my, my Lucha mask and my title <laughs> belt. I'm a big professional wrestling fan, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I have always seen a similarity between the, the hardcore pro wrestling fan and the Prague fan. Like, they know the thing they love is widely yeah. considered weird. They don't mm-hmm. care. And they we're here it. and we're here in our cargo shorts. Let's go. You know, let's cargo get it. Shorts and band t shirts. Hell nice yeah, man. It. That was my like that was like my uniform <laughs> from like fifteen to twenty two. Twenty three. Yeah, it works, yeah. man. <laughs> I got a lot of I got I got breathable.
1: Breathable. Breathable. <laughs> <I got laughs> breathable attire.
0: So many black band t shirts. It's uh yeah. it's 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 astounding. So yeah. um what are some of the bands that you're you know, into maybe not necessarily like uh, stuff that inspires you but is there anything that you're like like for example I got really into the latest St. Vincent record um, she's somebody that I didn't really know about and a mm-hmm. buddy of mine was like yo you gotta check this record out it's crazy and then I like fell down the St. Vincent rabbit hole and uh, Daryl you, got, you, you gotta you got check her out she's super super talented um, anything that maybe might, might surprise people to hear you've been enjoying
2: mm. man I'm if I'm honest, I've been in kind of a it's like I, I'm to the point now where I'd like to start acquiring things like suggestions like that so I can have a list of stuff that I can go check out. Because you know, we have like a, a almost two year old toddler at home and I'm I work here and when I get in the car after mixing an album or recording, usually I want my ears to have a break. So I either don't listen to anything or I listen to a podcast. So really lately I'm I'm super behind on anything fresh or new, which sucks, but it kind of just, it's just kind of how this job goes for me. It's like, I mean, I do audio all day pretty much every day that I can. Um, and it's just like, usually my ears are tired after. So it's like, I don't, I don't have a lot of new stuff and usually I'm having to prepare for the next project, whether it be like, I'm scoring this show, like I'm listening to a lot of, uh, temp temp score stuff, trying to get familiar with like what the vibe should be. Um, Like, I got a dobro over there, like, trying to, you know, when I have little snippets of time, like, I just got a harmonica. I'm not really a harmonica player, but. Harmonica's, like,
0: way hard to play. It's
2: strangely hard to play. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to bend notes It's because it's so small. Yeah.
0: I think if I had, like, a comically (laughs) large harmonica, I could be, I could do much better with it. Yeah, but I tried. I really tried to, to, I just couldn't
2: do it. It's tough. And even with YouTube videos, it's like, wow, that's hard. But, uh, yeah, so I say all that to say, man, I, I, I'm not super up with a bunch of new music, which I wish I was, but it's just kind of how my life has been the past couple years.
0: I hear you. I hear you, right. man. I'll, I'll tell you check what, out St. Vincent. check out St. Vincent. I think knowing that you're an audio engineer kind of guy, uh, the, uh, The way they recorded that's really very retro inspired, very 70s feel. Uh, Lots of cool effects. But I'll tell you, I've been listening to that, Wilson Pickett, and uh, a lot of Slipknot this week. But um, yeah, Wilson Pickett. So I love going back and like, because, you know, I got, and we got a new Jeep and it's got Sirius in it. So I'm just listening to the, whatever, it's called like Groove or something. It's Mm -hmm. just like 70s and 80s funk and r&b and i just listen because i I have a hectic job and i drive like you're saying i drive home and i listen to that Mm -hmm. and the grooves like some i feel like all of the good grooves were already written by you know (laughs) like there's nothing left but
2: um, that's that's the whole thing with composing is like you have a blank canvas and it's like there's only 12 notes it's like how am i gonna do something different but you know you you tend to think i mean it's the same with writing an album i guess it's like there's only so many notes it's like how are we going to do something new that's fresh somehow you end up doing it but there's always that moment of kind of it's not writer's block it's just a freak out of a blank pro tool session and it's like yeah what do i even start with like it's crazy
0: I, i've been, been going through that uh trying my my best and in intimidate. Uh, do my Daryl impression editing videos and it's like, I, I have a shitload of video here and I don't know where to start or how this, yep. I have no ending. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, the blank slate feeling is, is, is absolutely real. Um, mm-hmm. what's kind of on your plate to get ready to tour? You know, we, we've been talking to a lot of musicians that are getting ready to go back on the road for the first time in, in nearly mm-hmm. two years here. So are you doing any sort of extra physical prep or mental prep like what's your what's your pre-tour routine like right now
2: um what it is right now is well first off i got a new axe 3 rig so i just got that last week so i'm gonna start getting things kind of dialed in and then i gotta um start building patches that's a whole nother thing It's like you gotta it's been so long since we recorded it that i'm gonna have to like relearn my own parts which <laughs> is always super weird I mean, I've learned so many other guitar players parts that's different, but it's like listening to myself and like pausing it, like what, the, what did I just play there? Like, that's good because I mean, I push myself, I guess, if it's not something I just do instinctually, but um, I like to listen a whole lot before I pick up a guitar and like try and play it through because I mean, it's different when it's your own music because you wrote, you know, you co-wrote it with your band. So I pretty much know what's coming up next, but If it were to be a song i'm not familiar with half of i guess i would say half of the the deal is like knowing what's the next part like especially when you play these long 30 minute songs it's like what's the next section like if you don't even know what the section is you're definitely not going to know how to play it so (laughs) just mentally like knowing the song in and out and then i'll go in and i'll work on all the parts and then i'll work on playing them without stopping and then i work on and it sounds like a lot of work cause it is, but another thing I, maybe a lot of people don't think of, and I thought about it earlier when we were talking about the headset and stuff. And when you're talking about uh, Devin Townsend is like the physicality of singing a high note, doing a, doing a high run, like lead, singing a high note, doing a patch switch. Like there's all these things. The coordination. It's almost like a, yeah. It's like a choreographed dance that you yeah. got to hit. You got to switch to the next patch right after roll off your volume. Like, at some point that becomes muscle memory but i like to when it comes to like the week before i'll set up like my mic stand with a 58 i'll put in my in-ears i'll get a good mix and i'll play through the show like it's the show standing up because that's how i'm going to be i don't want to be sitting down and then there's just things you do different when you're standing up and i just want to be close i don't want to be thinking about some step i gotta do i just want to be playing the music and then. Cause it's so much more enjoyable when all that stuff is just kind of programmed in you. It's like, now I can just present the music and have fun. Like, so it's definitely a multi-step process, but, uh, and I don't know if I've got it figured out exactly, but that's just, that's kind of the steps I normally go through. Nice.
0: And I guess by the time you step on stage for the first time, you're a little jazzed either way. Yeah. And then, then once you finish the show, you're like, ah, I still got it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, it also helps that, well, I forget, um, what's the saying we say, like, I think it came from Neil had an old piano teacher that used to say, when you get on stage, you lose half. So meaning if you prepare 100%, when you walk on stage, you're now at 50% because it could be that
1: You're too amped. It could be that
2: that. you're overwhelmed by the crowd. Maybe there's a sleeping person and that's taking you out of it. There could be all these things that, so we always try, at least I always try. And I know the other guys do too, but, um, to prepare like well over to the point where I just, it's second nature, it's all muscle memory because there's just so many variables when you go on a stage, it's like, you, you don't want there to be, but there usually is stuff that's can take you out of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I mean it's the same thing like playing in the NFL. You got a lot of people in the stadium, but then that one crazy person says something ridiculous to you and you're like,
2: You can hear him exactly what they say.
0: <laughs> Put a corn cob where? What is this? You know, like
1: Well, my my defensive line coach, uh, Michael Sinclair, longtime time first like phenom for the Seattle Seahawks, he used to always say it's it's hard enough to go into a game and, you know, be successful trying to do everything right like that's why preparation is so like key you know what I mean because if something goes wrong and you're not like fully prepared or you haven't put that put that time in kind of like what you were saying Eric like mm-hmm. you just you like you said you want to get out there towards just muscle memory you yep. can present it my, my wife is a chef she always says this too like it's all about presentation so, yeah yeah
2: yeah and I th- I th- it's weird that and I thought this before before today uh that there's a lot of similarities in sports and music and oh yeah in the sense of like, kind of what we're talking about the preparation and the um because when we're playing a show and like there's no stopping and it's like there's a lot of pressure and it's like you don't want to miss anything and you're just trying to be at a hundred percent it's it, I don't know it just reminds me a lot of uh sports and and the preparation and and years of honing your craft that have to go into that
0: well that's it's funny because when daryl and i first met and we started to get to know each other and we were just sharing stories we were mutually interested in each other's craft Mm -hmm. uh, from like a like sense of wonderment you know speaking for myself like just like as a big football fan like how do you do this you know and daryl (laughs) having the same questions about drumming and that was one of the things that bonded us was like man we're like in the same business here aren't we you know like it's a lot of the, the ups and the downs the treatment the 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 great lengths that you have to go to to master your craft the many long drives with no money to you know scrap together to have 20 minutes in front of somebody you know yeah. um it's there's a lot of parallels there and I, and i the more i learn about things like stand-up comedy like entertainment yeah, i and, talk about uh, that
2: all the time with yeah, people it's so many similarities it's with, uh, oh, yeah.
0: it's it's interesting and and i, I think on a surface level uh, people wouldn't kind of really connect the two but mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day i think it is the entertainment business you know yeah. uh, whether it's sports you know you're a professional bowler you're you know to a degree you're in the the entertainment business there mm-hmm. um and everybody's kind of dealing with that that same burden yeah um so you know we, we've been talking about neil morris band you know New record August twenty seventh, available everywhere. You know the pre order is up. the The vinyl pre orders are up. There's all sorts of bundles on the Neil Morse Band website, uh, and you can check that out on the Twitter. All that links, all those links for that are going to be in the show notes for you guys and gals listening here in the Everyman Podcast. Um, Eric, what is the best way to keep up with what you're doing? You know how how can the Everyman and the Everywoman uh, keep an eye on you?
2: Um. I have a, my Facebook artist page and which is, I think, facebook.com slash Eric Gillette music, or it's just Eric Gillette. I have to check that. I should know these things. Uh, YouTube for sure. I have been posting, uh, like we talked about covers pretty much monthly and that's, uh, youtube.com slash Eric Gillette music and, uh, Eric Gillette Um, and you can contact me directly through there if you wanted. And uh, most of the news and stuff, I I try to post on there as well. So uh, I think those are the main ways that you could uh, follow along if you so dare.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm already in there. That's that's great. Now you know, baby on the way. Neil Morris yes. band tour, new album on the way. Crazy year. Big. <laughs> nice. You've been a busy boy. What's what's coming down the pike for you uh, other than not a whole lot of sleep?
2: Oof. Um. <laughs> not a lot of sleep. Uh, like I had mentioned, I guess multiple times, um, probably cause I'm very excited about it is this, uh, Texas six season two, which will be on Paramount plus. Um, I believe it's going to come out in October. And, uh, so I have that on my plate uh, along with a uh, new child on the way next week and preparing for the tour, which will kick off after Morse fest, which is in October. So, uh, yeah, lots going on. And, um, looking forward to f- finally getting out there and playing some shows again. It feels, feels like a eternity, but, uh, we're going to enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That's I'm kind of, uh, got my blinders on and it's, it's go time to get this show out and, uh, prepare for tour and try to get a couple hours of sleep if I can. Yeah.
0: absolutely absolutely and and eric this has been uh it's been an absolutely awesome conversation and yeah, thank uh you guys we've thank had a great you. great time with you and uh again innocence in danger august 27th inside out records uh neil Morse band coming to a town near you eric thank you so much brother we'll see you soon yeah, man Good see you in philly